Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> the pleasure to see every one of you to be here. <laughs> so let me uh, whet your appetite and say you don't want to miss Wednesday's video, okay? I already pulled it down and uh, you're going to love it. It's about daddies with, with babies left behind and moms with adopted. Come and be a part of that. Well, if you're joining us online, we want to welcome you as well. And ask you to turn with me in your Bible to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. Mark, chapter 5. Um, without a doubt, I think the Gospel of Mark is one that expresses um, my feelings a lot towards Christianity, towards my understanding. I think everybody loves John the best. Mark says so much. In fact, uh, on the seminary, we, we had a, a kind of a two-sided party going, if you will. Some of the seminaries have Democrats, Republicans. We had a Mark party and a John party. And we would move for which platform we like best. And it was really a hard decision. But I think John really, really expressed that deep emotion and deep understanding of Jesus Christ and Mark. Known as the motion picture doctor because he moves so fast. In fact, he uses the word straightway. What you have modern day versions of immediately or something of that nature over and over and over again. He moves and moves and moves. He's also famous for something called a Martian That's where Martian began his story. He was so story in the middle to complete that story.
some of them are like, they're looking at me, they're looking at me, they're thinking something bad about me. In fact, that's why some of us don't even come to church. If you're joining us online, you're afraid someone will look at you. And the moment you have to see them. Maybe one of them. The picture about somebody who's white in a dark place. In a dark, dark I had been given the pleasure and privilege of writing the gospel, I too would have used a Martian sound. Perhaps. Don't talk. Come back. Of course, as bad as preachers, our problem is we don't often come back to what we saw. Somebody say it. True. True. Happens. Most of us, the older we get, that's all we get. We can return to that. The gathering demoniac. Love to you, to explore with you. Just two verses. So let's start in verse one. They came over into the other side of the sea, the country of the Gadarenes. That's where we're going to begin in our Bible study, if you will. It's not a message, it's not a sermon, it's not however you want to express it. They came over onto the other side of the sea. So we need to begin exploring what that means right there. Have you ever thought, when you looked across the railroad track, that those people live on the wrong? You ever looked at the other side of the highway and said, those people live on the other side of the highway? You know what? Every town has one, don't they? Every town has a non-hill. Well, I guess I need amen in the Baptist church. Every town has the wrong side of the track. You know where that came from? That came from the old west town. As the rich people lived on one side of the tracks and the poor people lived on the other. The saloons and the houses of ill repute were on the other side of the tracks. They began to turn to them as they're on the wrong side of the tracks. Some of us live too close to the railroad tracks. Amen? <laughs> Last church I pastored, we had some folks come out and eat dinner with us. Train came by and they were talking. They said, Oh, you're so blessed. We're man the train. And I was like, I know sarcasm when I hear it. <laughs> uh, you know, we had another lady. She lived near the tracks of the last church of Pastor. She said, every time a train comes by, she said, we've got to move God. Our country and our economy is building up. She said, you know how to be so optimistic. Bless your heart. And I meant that in a southern way. Oh, God bless you then. No. I can live without that train. Every time you build a new crossing, it's a blessing from the city of Huntsville. But the more they grow, the more they're right next to my house. So one of these days, I'm going to send my bill to Santa Fe, Burlington, Oregon, and say, I need hearing aids. Anyway, that's my soapbox for the night. Uh, these people 
down in the boat. Jesus and his disciples get into a boat, and they go to the other side of the sea. They go to the other side. And you know what? That's a picture for us, and that's where we can start in our lives and our ministry. Because sometimes we think the gospel is only for people who live near us. We think the gospel is for only people who think like us, who look like us, who act like us, who eat like us, who do the things we do. But in reality, the gospel is for everybody. Somebody should say amen this evening. The gospel is for every one of us. And as we begin our picture here, Jesus takes his disciples across the sea to the country of the gathering. Jesus weren't afraid now to take the gospel to anybody and everybody. Now, we have many pictures of where we should go. We need to open reading our Bible. Jesus did not leave out for the promised land. Jesus did not take the gospel in certain areas. He said, oh, I came for the lost of Israel. And later on, the apostles and the disciples and the evangelists and the preachers would go bringing the gospel outside for Jesus' mission was the lost sheep of Israel. However, he didn't mind going across the sea for one person. Because you've read this story here, and you read how they come out and they actually tell Jesus, leave. Go away. We don't want you here. Jesus didn't mind going to one person. One person worth it for you. One person worth the gospel. Jesus thanks so. And in verse 2, he's come out of the ship. Jesus took out of the ship immediately. There met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. And we get a description of how he lives in verse 2. Who had a dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. And as we take a look deep inside, if you would look inside of that word chain, these are chains they use for zoo animals, y'all. Chains they would use for convicts and some chains that are usually unbreakable. But this guy can break them. Verse 4 says, He had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man chain him. Nobody could go up there and force him to comply. No one could go up there and say, you're going to behave. One of the things I learned quickly in the prison was that five guys with tear gas and riot batons could usually make anybody behave. Usually did. Every now and then, we weren't running out of the cell. Everyone was the black out. Did that happen? It surely did. No one could change this man, though. The Bible tells us that no one could him. No one could beat him in that physical contest. He knew he was the strongest. He knew he was the baddest. He knew he was the meanest. And nobody could win in that physical confrontation. However, one day in that dark life, one day in those dark thoughts, the folks My Bible tells me, verse 2, immediately, immediately, he comes down. It's almost as if he's watching. And that boat starts coming across the sea, and he knows whatever's coming is coming for me. Whatever's coming, I gotta talk to you. Let me tell you something. I won't say this very often, but that's a lesson that we as modern day church need to learn. If this demon can recognize God coming across the waters, then we should recognize God moving in our churches, in our country today, and we should be getting up off our backsides and going to meet him. Amen. Immediately. He gets out of the tomb and he comes to meet Jesus. He even tells us what kind of home he lived in. Dwelling among the tombs in a graveyard. When you were a kid, did you ever watch Scooby Doo? Do you remember when you watched Scooby Doo as a little bitty kid? 
And you remember the song? I remember the song. The song was powerful to me. I'm not going to sing it, praise God. Do you remember how it was? I know you're humming right now. If you're anything like me, the theme song is playing in the back of your head. <laughs> and they would end up in a graveyard somewhere spooky. So we get to sit in some place. It makes me feel like I should not be here. Not a place for the living. It's a place for the dead. It's a place of grief. It's a place of sorrow. It's a place of shadows and a place of darkness. It's a place befitting a devil. Stop them and look at verse 5 as always. And night and day he was in the mountains and in between, crying and praying just to come. So we're going to talk about that. Because there is in the United States of America today an epidemic. And I'm not talking about COVID 19. There's an epidemic of, I've got to hurt myself for someone to I've got to hurt myself for someone to fear me. I've got to hurt myself for someone to listen to me. And it's nothing new. It's been there since the Gadarene demoniac. And we need to learn that it's not from God. It's from the devil. He's in the tomb crying and cutting himself. And he 
through him. As much as I hate to admit it, there's something we need to learn from a devil. If the devil can recognize Jesus Christ coming, then we as the church of God Almighty should recognize God moving in our countries, in our churches, and with our people today.
sin, but when somebody sins, or when somebody is angry, or when somebody does something wrong, they say, oh, I love Jesus wrong. He loved Jesus all the way through it. What happens? Jesus is no longer holy. Jesus is no longer high. Jesus is no longer something to be feared and awed and revered. Instead, he came to help us by his buddy. Step out of what we call the realm of the fear of God. Step into the realm of God knows what I'm doing. Iniquity, and Jesus will say, I don't know you. 
know who Jesus is. But Jesus is Jesus. You all lie. You know who Jesus is. Everybody comes to visit me, I try to pawn that rabbit off on them. And, you know, and then I tell them the truth, I can't give you my family. He loves that guy. And I'll keep him because I love my son. And I am ready for that guy to get Pray for him, but I pray for him. Check it out, get it done. Verse 13, of course, what Jesus did in the evening. This is the truth. And people have been faithful to that. Does Jesus not care about animals? That's all I'm saying. 
comes to stop. Human beings are more important than animals. They are more important than animals. Animals do not have the same level, the same standing as a human being. In fact, they cannot get saved. They will not be able to repent. They don't have the ability to
anger at all. Dear Jesus Christ, I pray you're going to find yourself here sitting down. That means you're going to find yourself dipping into God's Word. You're going to find yourself being obedient to God's Word. And that's the number one mark of a Christian as we start listening to what God has to say. When we keep telling God, I don't want to hear your Word, I don't want to hear what you got to say. When we keep rebelling against Him, we need to start looking into our hearts to see how we really are. Calm. He was tame. He was listening to what Jesus had to say. He was no longer violent. He was no longer self-absorbed. He was absorbed with the one who saved him, the one who changed him, the one who cast the demons out. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the Father. Sitting there. Sitting and looking at Jesus. When they get there, they see him sitting. Well, they see him that way. This guy never sat down. This guy was in the tomb crying. Cutting himself, making loud noises, and when people came around, he wasn't above beating them up. Oh, goodness gracious! Does that sound like the Christian we are? You know, South Carolina, we got a football team called the Demon Beaters. Demon Beaters. Why? Funny for us. You know why? Somebody with our righteousness. Beat somebody with our way of thinking. And really, all we need to do is show Jesus. Remember the devil is recognizing Jesus. He was from afar off. If you got a little bit of Jesus in you, and you start coming upon the devil, guess who's going to recognize He's coming. The one in which I've got to face, the one I still have something to do with, the one who's going to judge me, the one who knows everything about me, the one who's expecting me to give my heart to me. They do and they jump. The town comes out and they are amazed. loving it. I hated it before I was a Christian, and when I became a Christian, I could not get enough of it. It was better than any sin I ever had. It was greater than any thrill I ever had. There's nothing more thrilling than understanding something about God's Word you never understood before. This day, there's something new that forgives me. I am standing up saying, praise God! And then I find myself sitting down saying, more, more, more about him would I know. That describes him. He's sitting. This man wasn't just sitting, though. He was sitting close. He wanted that whole life long. He's sitting there. He's close. Can I be frank for a minute? Anything is better than being naked, Philip. People ask me all the time, Pastor, what's the best clothing about? Can I be I tell them clothes. Nakedness is not enough. We'll get, you will get busted at the door and told to leave. You ain't coming in here. It ain't going to happen like that. This is your road. It's like a boat. And five, you 
clothes with what Jesus wants to say to you. Give you those hands. Say, this is what, something I want to do, and something I'm comfortable with, and something that I like doing, and the Lord is something I need to fix on everybody else. You know what something says to you? You need to learn from that. You know what else you need to learn? That his clothes is trying that he put on something you never had before. And when you become a Christian, you get to put on something you never had before. You can throw off that old coat of shame. You can throw off that old coat of guilt, that old coat of demon possession, that old coat of addiction. And you can do what this guy did and put on clothes. You can put on the cloak of righteousness. Say, Pastor, I am a Christian, but I took my coat off. I took that cape off. I took that coat off. And every time sin comes back, I throw that coat off. Well, you know what? You need to get back to sitting at the feet of Jesus. And when you start listening and start obeying, you'll find yourself close. Remember when that psychology came out? He said, and I quote, the Christian is in his right mind. The rest of them just have learned to see the What? Christians, we know how to love. We know how to forgive. We know how to be God's friends in the world of darkness, full of hatred, full of cutting.
Remember Abraham's descendants? And be numerous as the sand on the seashore. Have you ever taken a big old bite of a ham sandwich on the beach and got sand in your teeth? Christian, you're supposed to be gritty like that. There's nothing this world can do to break you, crunch you, swallow you, devour you. No, you're a piece of sand ready to say, Thank you. 